Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good? Oh, I think we can do better than that. I tell you what, let's put our hands together one time for Jesus in this house who gets our highest praise every day, right? And so we are excited to have you here today. And before we go too much further, man, I want to give a special shout out to um, our dream team, man. If you see anyone walking around with a lanyard, it's got a badge on it. They serve on our dream team somewhere. So man, our, our production team, our worship team, our kids teams, phenomenal. And man, our crew. You see, when we show up here at 6 a.m., this just looks like a regular movie theater and they turn it into this in about an hour. And uh, man, so much love to the crew in every area of Dream Team that makes this possible. So I wanna honor you guys. So let's put our hands together. Even if you're on it, clap for yourself for a second. And um, man, we're super, super excited. And we wanna jump straight into what we've got for today. All right, guys. And so, man, I wanna talk to you for this summer at TC uh, message today about we know where we're going. Turn to your neighbor and say, I know where I'm going. And so we wanna talk to you about this idea of I know where I'm going and we know where we're going. All right, we're going to do uh, some reading from Mark chapter 2 today. And, um, and, and there's a lot of times because our church, over 50% of our church has gotten saved in our church which in and of itself is a miracle, y'all. I don't know if y'all realize that, but what happens here isn't necessarily the norm, but we've seen over half our church saved in our church. So sometimes we have to break scripture down a little more slowly to help make sure that everyone's on the same page. But Mark chapter two, I think the, the scripture in and of itself is the story. And so, man, we're just gonna read it together. Uh, and so let's jump straight in. You should have your sermon notes. If you don't have that, take out your uh, iPhone. If you don't have that, take out an iPod. If you don't have that, take out an iPad. If you don't have that, a MacBook Pro will suffice. Um, and then any of you that are using Android devices, we're going to have prayer at the end of service for you. All right, so we'll catch you guys up later on. No, I'm just kidding. Let's go there. Mark chapter 2. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then lowered the mat that the man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, first of all, can we pause for a second has Jesus ever been so real to you that you were about to tear a roof off a building to get in there? Like, more importantly, have you ever been so desperate for God that you would do anything that it took to get to him? These dudes tore a hole in the roof, y'all. Like, sometimes in America, we just don't get up for our alarm clock for church. I'm preaching to the 1030 service. I'm going to be careful with that. Okay, let's keep going. So we pick up in verse six, right? Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this man talk like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? 
Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man? Your sins are forgiven or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth. And he says the son of man, he's talking about himself. Jesus has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. And he got up, he took his mat and he walked out in in full view of all of them. And this amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. So they lower him through the roof. Jesus looks at their faith and he tells them, your sins are forgiven. Now, I think that's the first question that I have in my mind, because obviously this man has a has an issue that he needs healing from. Right. He's paralyzed. Now, could you imagine being the paralyzed man where Jesus looks at you and says, your sins are forgiven? He's like, yeah, that's dope and all. But. uh, Could you help me out? (laughs) But. What Jesus was doing was setting the stage for what he was going to tell the Pharisees because he was going to heal him and he knew he was going to heal him. But to prove a point to the Pharisees, he was also going to show them, I'm not just the one that can heal his physical body. I'm the one that can heal his spirit too. And so he shows him what it means to be Jesus. Now, have any of you guys ever seen those workout commercials? Y'all ever seen workout commercials like buy this Bowflex? Y'all ever seen, right? Y'all remember the ab roller? You know how they go and they find the most chiseled dude they can find to do this ab roller? Like, that's what he did to get there? So here you are eating a triple cheeseburger from Whataburger, thinking you about to order this ab roller and it's all going to be all right. Are they, they got the Bowflex commercial, right? They got this super toned woman or this ripped up dude. Why, why are they doing that, right? They're, we are not fooled. None of us believe that they bought a Bowflex and look like that. Right. It was a lot of not eating pizza and Krispy Kreme to get like that. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't know if that's a life I want to live. I'm just letting you know. I tell my wife sometimes, you know, I'm going to just be fat. I don't even care. I just I'm just kidding. We're working hard. But all that to say is they they looked like that before they got the machine. Right. But what they would like to do is to cause us to think that it was that machine that got them that way. So they paint this picture of these people that's probably not necessarily accurate. I think the church, and when I reference the church, I'm talking about the church as worldwide church. I think we've done a good job at painting the wrong picture of Jesus and painting the wrong picture of our leaders in our churches. I think we paint the picture of Jesus as he's just someone ready to bless everything and everyone. But when you come to him, that means there won't ever be any more struggle. And I think the reality is there's going to be struggle. Matter of fact, when I look at Paul and I look at Jesus, I'm pretty sure it tells us there's going to be some struggle. How many of y'all know the journey with Jesus ain't all smooth sailing all the time? Now, it's still better on my worst day than the best day I had without him. But it still doesn't mean there's not going to be some tough times that are coming. Some people just say, well, just name it and claim it. It's going to be a good day. I'm like, you wrong. So shut up. I'm just kidding. But... But here's the reality of what our, what our job as a leadership is to the church. I want to help you out a little bit because the idea of today is we know where we're going. See, some people assume that I as a pastor and we as leadership, 
that we, we should be like massage, spiritual massage therapists, where you come in with spiritual problems and, and through comfortable settings, we help you work out problems that you have to where you just feel better about them. But in reality, we should be more like spiritual personal trainers. Our job isn't to massage your issues so you feel better about them. Our job is to help you through Jesus become strong enough that every issue you come across, you can overcome it through the power of Jesus in your life. Our job isn't to make you feel better about being lost. Our job is to help you become so strong in Jesus that you know where to find him. And so our desire as a church is to build you up in Christ so that you can be strong enough to overcome. Listen, you need to be helping walking lost people through their issues, not always looking for someone to help you walk you through yours. Because that's the evidence of Jesus alive in our hearts. Now, I don't mean we don't all need help. Can I get an amen? But we need to be looking to be the help more than we need the help. Turn your neighbor and say, I'm ready to help somebody. Now, your neighbor looking at you like, yeah, me, okay, so I need you to help me mow the lawn later. No, I'm just kidding. So we want to talk about we know where we're going. So go ahead and take out your notes. We'll give these to you. We know where we're going, and in the process of knowing where we're going, there's three things we want you to understand. Number one, we want you to understand that we're becoming refined. We're becoming refined. And, and there's plenty of scripture in the Bible where it talks about that he's refining us, right? And so uh, there's a story of this lady. She was in a small group with some other women. And, and so they started talking through this idea of being refined and reading the scripture. And she said, I want to know what this is like. Because it talked about re- becoming refined like silver or gold. She said, I want to know what, what is this refining? So she went and found someone that, that refined metals and and she said, what is this process? And so he started talking her through the process that, well, what happens is we take the metal and we, we put it into some fire. And once the fire gets hot enough, it melts it down. And once it melts it down, the impurities, the dirt and the grime and all that, it actually floats to the top. And as it surfaces, we scrape it off. And then after we scrape off the dirt and the grime and all that stuff, what will happen is then we pour it into a mold And when we pour it into the mold, now it's the purest form of itself being fit into a mold. And I don't know about you guys, but have any of you ever felt like you were going through fiery places in life? Has life ever gotten you to a point where you felt like it was too hot for you to handle? I'll even say this. Have you ever felt like there were times in your life where it seemed like God was scraping parts of you off? Like you were, it was almost like this parts of you that you knew shouldn't be there anyways. He was coming in and starting to dig some of those areas out, but it was kind of painful. You see, what happens is when God says that we're being refined, it means like in those metals, because just like with the metal being put in the fire, sometimes God will put you into hot environments and difficult situations because he's trying to get you to a place where the issues of your life start to surface a little bit. So he can come in and start scraping some of those areas of your life that you had not got together just yet and start to scrape those off. Any of us still deal with some anger issues? Any of y'all still got some problems with uh, joy in your heart? Y'all lie. I see some of y'all in traffic sometimes. Y'all just don't know it's me. But I know what that word was. Got to keep it together over there, Janice. I'm just kidding. But 
So we, we get put into hot situations. We get put into the fires of life. And as we get put into the fires of life, the issues, the anger, the bitterness, the, the hatred, right? It starts to come up in us. And as it starts to come up, God wants to identify those areas of our life. And as he identifies those different things that we know we shouldn't have, they come to the surface. And what he wants to do is skim them off the top. And then when we're at that point, he wants to pour us out into the mold. And that mold looks like Jesus. And so every time he skims something off, he's ready to pour us out again. And as he pours us out, we're getting poured into the mold so that we can better represent who Jesus is. You see, God's desire is to allow us to go through difficult situations so that we can see, because I don't know about you, the worst version of me comes out when I'm in my most uncomfortable state. When I don't like where I'm at, my anger issue starts to surface a little more. Right? And so, when that happens, he starts to go, yeah, 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 that part right there, let's get that off. That part right there, that, that hatred problem, let's, that unforgiveness you have in your heart, let's, let's skim that away so you can start to look more like me. And so the lady was so excited to hear the, about this process, she runs out the door. She said, oh, the women in my group are going to love this. And so she runs out and she's about to get in her car and he comes running out after her. He says, whoa, 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 he said, you didn't hear the best part. And she said, what's, what's the best part? He said, you didn't, you didn't get a chance to hear how the purifier knows when the metal is the most pure. And she, she said, well, when is that? He said, when he can see his reflection in it. And you see, when our life is being purified, when we're being refined, the way that God knows we're the closest to our purest state is when we reflect him the best. Whenever the issues of life show up and all we're doing is reflecting Jesus to everyone in the midst of our problems. See, you can have peace in the midst of your chaos. You can have joy in the midst of your sadness. Because when it's founded and rooted in Jesus, no circumstances can take away what the Holy Spirit has put inside of you. And so God wants to be so real to us that that is where we find ourselves. Let's go to Romans 6 because he talks a little bit about what our life should look like. Romans 6, 19 says, I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness. Anybody ever give yourself to ever-increasing wickedness before? Four of us. The rest of y'all just lied. You gave in right there. All right. So, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. And so this idea of being sanctified rests in, in read, being refined and being sanctified really run hand in hand. And to be sanctified comes from the Latin word sanctus, which means holy, and the Latin word for care, which means to make or make. So when we're becoming sanctified, we're literally becoming holy. It means to make us holy, to make us righteous, to make us Worthy. It means to make us like God. So when God is sanctifying us, when we're putting our sinful nature to death and we're actually breathing life into the areas of our life we know we need to be encouraging and building up, we're becoming more like Jesus. To be sanctified is a process by which we become like Christ. And I don't know about you guys, but that journey is never done. I said that journey is never finished. 
Any of y'all already like Jesus? You just walk around healing people and blessing people? No? Okay. How many of y'all know we still got a ways to go on that? How many know he ain't done with me yet? How many of you know that's the reason we don't go to uh, McDonald's at dinner time because the McFlurry machine's still broke? Okay, so he's still dealing with me on the inside over that. Bitter. Anyway, so why? Because God is still refining us. And I want to go ahead and tell you today that here at Transformation Church, and I can't speak for every church, and, and this certainly isn't a competition between us and any other church. What I can tell you about is here at TC, we want you to know that you are welcome regardless of where you come from. Your issues don't disqualify you from what God wants to do in your life, and your issues don't disqualify you from being here. Matter of fact, I can promise you this. You can look around this room. There's somebody that's got it worse than you in this room right now. There's somebody who got a worse anger problem than you, got a worse gossip problem than you, got a worse pornography problem, got a different addiction than you, and they're working it out in Jesus' name. They're becoming sanctified through the process of what God is doing in their life. There's nothing that's going to stop you from getting enough God in this place other than you and the enemy telling you you're not worthy enough to be in this room. I'm here to tell you today that the grace that comes through Jesus gives you every opportunity to hear this truth and know that God loves you right where you're at and he's ready to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. And so we are being refined. Turn to your neighbor and say refined. Next is that we're, we've been made righteous. We've been made righteous. You see, sanctification is a process, and I would dare say a process that's never complete. Because there's always going to be part of me that I need to get out of me so that I can become more like Jesus. There's always going to be a part of me that I'm still dealing with. And until I'm with Jesus, I'm never going to be 100% like Jesus. Which means don't cut me off in traffic. You know what I'm saying? Because we're going to have words. I'm just kidding. I had one lady come up to me after first service. I was like, that sounds mean. I'm like, well, that's why I drive a big truck. Anyway, so I just run over what gets in my way. You know what I'm saying? But 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, which is beautiful. It's a beautiful scripture. It says, for our sake, he made him to be sin. Him, talking about Jesus, made Jesus to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. That means that he made Jesus, who was sinless in this world, he took his life and he made him become sin. When he died on the cross, he took your sin and my sin on himself. And when he took our sin on himself, he became the very sin that we had in our life. The only reason he did it was so that you and I could know God without sin and be forgiven so that we could stand in front of God righteous as if we had never sinned. Man, what a beautiful story that is. When's the last time you watched a movie where the hero died for the villain? Because that's the story we're talking about. You and I are the bad guys here. When I teach the pipeline, I always walk them through the, this questionnaire where I say, we talk about good and bad people. I say, Who's, what would be a, a sign of someone that is good? And they start describing it. And I'm like, you're describing outward manifestation. I said, the reality is none of us are good. We can only pick what areas of our life we think are righteous, worthy. In other words, I can think I'm good, but next to Jesus, I'll always be bad. Next to Jesus, I'll always have issues. 
But Jesus looked at me with my issues and said, that's one worth dying for and chose to die for me then to make me worthy to stand in front of God. What a story. So we've been made righteous. And hear me today. There's nothing you can do to earn that righteousness. And there's nothing you can do to destroy it either. The Bible says it's a free gift. Grace is a free gift. Which brings me to our last part is that we also got to keep it real. We got to keep it real. And the whole point of this sermon today is that we know where we're going. As a church, we know where we're going. We got to keep it real. Turn your neighbor and say, keep it real. So we got to keep it real. Matthew 2, 13 through 17. I want us to pick back up on this same portion of scripture that we were reading earlier. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. So this is after the, the paralyzed man. He went out beside the lake and a large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. And as he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous. I've come to call sinners. You see, that's the definition of who we desire to be as a church. You see, Jesus stepped into our life and, and, and came in and, and, and he's saved us. He's transformed us. He's taken us on a journey. He's redefining us. He's helping us. He's encouraging us. But I'm here to tell you today that I can't speak for every church, not even in this city, let alone the capital C church all over the world. What I can tell you is that at Transformation Church, we don't mind. We're going to be refined. We're going to be righteous. But I don't mind being a little real either. I don't mind being a little rugged. I don't mind being a little raw. I don't mind being a little rough around the edges. There's a word that comes in, in the whole point of this series, the, this mini series we're doing inside of Summer TC is that we're taking some lyrics from songs and we're introducing them into these sermons. And so th this whole sermon actually came from these lyrics and I want to read it to you because at Transformation Church, I'm not, concerned with reputation as much as I'm concerned with lost people meeting Jesus. I'm not so much concerned with what kind of cars people drive, or what kind of giving comes in the offering. I'm not so much worried about what you look like when you walk in the door. I'm worried about who you leave with and that's Jesus. I want to know that every person that walks in the door gets loved. I want to know that every person that walks in the door gets encouraged. I want to know that every person that walks in the door leaves knowing that there's a hope, that it doesn't matter how low you've gotten, Jesus wants to take you to your highest place. And so here at TC, we got to keep it a little real. Turn your neighbor and say real. This is what it says. It says, hey, come to cast it away into the night sinners with sight onto the light onto the dawn forever free where the heavens bend and plead where the saints and angels sing onto the dawn with the king of all kings 
hey, don't go back now. Don't you look down. Glory and courage. Come and see the star ahead and come and see the broken fed. Citizens and saints of God, you holy, righteous, and ratchet squad. Now, some of you are a little older here, you're not gonna have a clue what this means. But I think there's a level of ratchetness we need in our church. I think there's a level of doing whatever it takes to introduce lost people to Jesus that we need in our churches. You see, when I read Mark 2, I'm encouraged because some people were willing to tear a hole in somebody's roof to get someone to Jesus. I'm encouraged because Jesus didn't go to his disciples' house. He went to the sinner's house to eat. He went to the place where nobody else would go. He went to the place that even the religious crowd was asking, what are you doing? And I think that we need a level of that in the church where we're willing to sit down with people that when we see other church people around, they even scratch their head a little bit and go, why is he with that person? Why would he be with that person? But everybody at Transformation Church has a good understanding that we're willing to do whatever it takes to introduce lost people that are far from God with the gospel of Jesus Christ and bring them into an understanding that God died, that God sent his son to die. Jesus gave his life so that we could introduce hope into hopelessness situations. You see your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your mom, your dad, your cousins, they need Jesus. They need the hope that comes through the gospel. And I don't care what they look like. I don't care what they drive. I don't care what they have or what they don't have. I don't care what they did yesterday. I don't care what they did last night. If they want Jesus, I want this to be a place that you can walk them in the doors and you can introduce them to some people that are going to say, this is the greatest life that you never knew you needed. This is the greatest person that you never knew you wanted to meet. His name is Jesus. And no matter where you've come from, he's ready to take you to where you're ready to go. Because that is where we're going. Outside in the hallways, some of these, one of them says something extra to show you God loves you. And the other one is the imagine cards. And on the back, it says, you belong before you believe. And we want everyone to know, every person you come in contact with, I don't care what they look like, give them a card. Pastor Dan started his ministry in the South Bronx in the 80s. He's told me stories my whole life of different crazy nonsense that used to go on in the Bronx. One time they almost got shot by a bunch of people because they were trying to rescue some prostitutes and get them plugged into the church. And that was not a good idea. <laughs> so long story short, they were going to take photos to, so they could take the photos back to the church so that women could then go and rescue them and bring them back. And as they were getting ready to take photos, they dropped the camera and the flash went off. And if you've ever been around pimps and prostitutes, they don't like pictures taken. And so all the pimps pulled their guns out and started shooting in the direction of Pastor Dan and him and his friend were hiding under a cab. Welcome to the Bronx, y'all. So he, I grew up on those kind of stories. And one of the stories that he told me about was about this, this drug dealer who had gotten saved in the Bronx, rough guy, used to run crews. He had no problem walking up to anybody, putting a gun in their face and asking for their money. I, I guess that was an ask, it was more like a question slash tell, like you better give me that money. Anyways, so, drug dealer guy gets saved and he said he would 
walk up to people in the street after he got saved, but instead of holding a gun, he was holding a Bible. He says, you're, about to tell, you're gonna let me tell you about Jesus. And they would say, I don't have time. And he said, one time he grabbed the dude by the neck, grabbed him by the pants and flipped him over and he landed on his back and he got in his face and said, you're gonna let me tell you about Jesus. Probably the wrong approach, but I appreciate the tenacity. You know what I mean? But I don't mind people that are rough around the corners that are willing to say, listen, if I was willing to do that for the, for the devil, I'll definitely do this for Jesus. Whatever it takes to get lost people to the foot of the cross where grace can flow in their life, let's do it. Let's go there. I got some friends of mine. When I talk to them about church and talk to them about the gospel, they got the same phrase. A lot of them use it. They got the same phrase that we're talking about today. It's like, man, I know where I'm going. But they're referencing this idea that whatever they've done in their life has made them disqualified for grace. Y'all ever heard that before? It's like, man, when I die, I know where I'm going. I'm going straight to hell. Some of us may have felt that way at one point. We were so sure of the sin in our life that we were also sure that the church didn't want any part of us. We disqualified ourselves. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is so much bigger than your mistakes. His grace can cover a multitude of sins. If he saved me, he can save you. I talk to some of my friends and when they say that, I know where I'm going. It actually gives me comfort because I think people that are aware of their sin are closer to God than some of the church people that have forgotten about how bad theirs is. I think sometimes we can become self-righteous. We go to church, we read our Bible, we serve on the dream team, we go to a small group and we can become so sure of our salvation based on our works that we're forgetting that our works can't even save us. It's only Jesus. When I talk to my people, they say, yeah, I know where I'm going. It kind of makes me smile and I laugh a little bit on the inside because I actually know in my heart, they're a lot closer to God than they realize. And hear me today, if you're in this place, you're a lot closer to God than you realize. You see, you think your sins disqualify you, but if we didn't have sin, Jesus wouldn't have went to the cross. Your sin doesn't disqualify you, your sin qualifies you for grace, for mercy. Your sin opens the door. Now, is it something we want in our life? Of course not. But Jesus knew it would be there. He knew that you and I would mess up. He knew that you and I would make questionable and wrong decisions. And he knew you and I would even make decisions that when we knew they were the wrong ones, we would make them anyways. And Jesus looked at you on your worst day and died for you then. He, see, he didn't look at you at your best. He looked at you at your worst. He looked at me at my worst. And he said, yeah, 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 that's the one I want. And today, to step into this light, sinners with sight, to be able to see the King, to know Jesus in your life. Today, all it takes is faith. And today, I, I wanna let you know, number one, as a church, this is where we're going. Why do we have church here? Because we're gonna reach people here that we couldn't reach in a church building. There's people that are gonna walk through our doors. Maybe you're some of them right now. You wouldn't go to a church, but you're like, all right, I'll check out this movie theater thing. At least I don't think the roof's gonna cave in on me while I'm there. I'm here to tell you today, wherever lost people are, that's where we need to be. 
If, we gotta, if we're gonna eat at the table with them, let's eat at the table with them. If we're gonna invite them in our house, let's invite them in our house. If we're gonna, whatever we're gonna do, there's no difference between the sinner and the saint other than the fact that Jesus' blood has already been applied to one and yet to be applied to the other in their faith. But I'm here to tell you today that if some people like you and I could start walking through the world on a mission to introduce lost people to a savior that loves them, we could start bridging the chasm between the lost and the found. We could start bridging the, the chasm between those that don't know the love of Jesus yet and those that know it. And we'll start to change our city. We'll start to change your job. We'll start to change your neighborhood. And let's go one by one and introduce lost people to a loving Savior. So I wanna encourage you today, grab one of these cards on the way out and give it to somebody. I'll give you this story as we close. These cards right here are something extra cards. It says something extra to show you God loves you wasn't too long. We've been doing this for about five years, giving these cards out. And we tell everyone, listen, take one tip extra and give it to your waitress. Listen, don't be a Christian that tips bad. That has nothing to do with my notes. I just want to pull that plug in there. You go to the drive-thru, pay for the person behind you. Just say, hey, listen, I want to pay for this person behind me. Could you give them this card for me? You'd be shocked at what this does in someone's life. We had a lady show up at our church about four years ago, I guess. She lives in North Carolina now. She was contemplating committing suicide. Matter of fact, she had already decided she was gonna kill herself. So she was going to McDonald's to get her last meal before she was gonna go home and take her own life. Somebody from our church, and I to this day don't know who it is. They went to the McDonald's drive-through, paid for her meal. And her, her prayer before she left was this, God, if you love me, show me. And somebody in our church paid for her meal and said, hey, would you just give this card to the person behind me? And she pulled up to pay and the person handed her this card and said, hey, whoever that was in front of you paid for your meal. He just wanted you to have this. And she looked at it something extra to show you God loves you. You see, you're never too far. Yeah, absolutely. You're never too far from reaching somebody for Jesus. I'm here to tell you today that if we could get some people that are so anxious, have so much tenacity, that every person they come in contact with is somebody that's worthy of hearing this good news, will change some people's lives through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You guys ready to go there with me? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, I thank you, Lord, that you lead us and that you guide us, that you strengthen us and that you equip us. Father, I'm so grateful that in our life, Lord, you are our everything. So God, I pray right now, you continue to speak into our hearts God, I pray that you continue to equip and encourage us, God. I pray that you continue to, to lead us and to guide us. Father, I pray that you continue to let us be the influence on our job and in our communities, God. Help us to know that you, God, are everything that we need. We love you today and we thank you. In Jesus' name, with everyone's head bowed and your eyes closed today, maybe you're in this place and you say, Pastor, that, that's good. I believe that I need Jesus. 
I believe I need to be an influence, but I don't honestly know that my life belongs to God right now. I know enough about God to know that my life is not right with God. I need him. See, the beauty of the gospel is this, that the Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but God knew that we would need someone to pay for those sins. And when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for my sins and he paid for your sins. And today to have access to God, all it takes, the Bible says as we repent of our sins, never to go back, which means to turn away. But then all we do is we put our faith in Jesus, that when he died on the cross, he paid for our sins. And today, if you wanna know him, today, if you want Jesus to take control of your life, today, if there's a tugging on your heart right now, that you know you're not where you should be, but, but you know that God is calling you to a new place. God is calling you to step into salvation. God is calling you to save you, and he's ready to give you a brand new life. And if you're ready to take that jump, if you're ready to step into a new life with Jesus today, I'm not going to come to you. No one in this room is going to embarrass you. We're not going to point you out. We just want to pray for you today. And if that's you, right where you sit, you're saying, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready for a new start in Jesus. Would you just raise your hand right where you're at and say, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready for a new beginning. Yes, awesome. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down. Is there more that says, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready for a new beginning in Jesus. I'm ready for a fresh start. Awesome. Maybe you're watching us online right now. You say, that's me, Pastor. I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start. What we're gonna do is we're gonna pray a prayer together. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer is putting words to the actions of your heart that you're putting your faith in Jesus today. If you wanna know him, if you're ready to say yes to him, you're ready to declare that your life belongs to him, we're gonna pray this prayer together. The whole church is gonna pray it with you so you're not praying it by yourself. All right, church, let's pray with our brothers and sisters. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean, make me pure, make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose three days later. Through your life, through your death and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I give you my life, I wanna follow you. I put my faith in you. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that pray that perhaps for the first time. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.